This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Monday and Friday video cast brought to you live on Twitch. Sorry we're a little late, guys. We had some uh, scheduling issues that shall be dealt with harshly and swiftly. Technical uh, all, difficulties. Yeah, technically, Mariana didn't look at her watch and realize yeah. it was time to go. Those were the technical difficulties. Yes, so technically... It was her fault. She's a difficult person. To work with. I was like, you have one job here. <laughs> it's very complicated and... At the moment, multifunctional that was her job. one job. Uh, but here we are, better late than never. Mm-hmm. We're the tortoise, not the hare. And therefore, we will win the race. True. A Aesop for you. I don't know where you're going with that. We were so talking about rappers. Uh, yeah, if you guys were watching, I'm not sure if we were actually live for a while, but did they see us talking for a little bit? You might that have was seen a this. great conversation. We were talking about Macho Man, Randy Savage's rap album. We first we, we started with Rebecca Black because we were talking about how yeah. it's Friday and we're a little down. Um, and then somehow transitioned into Macho Man Randy Savage's rap album, which is which is hot. amazing. It's twelve songs just dissing Hulk Hogan. That's not actually what it is, but it, pretty funny. much. But and then we then somehow got into how he sounded like DMX, and it yeah went from there. And then since we are talking about Aesop's fables and rap, Aesop <laughs> rocks rocks is one of the best rappers I've ever heard. He's oh. he's got a broader vocabulary than used in Shakespeare's plays and sonnets. Is that a real thing? Yeah. The guy's legit. I don't think I said his name right, but uh, he's considered to be one of the most sophisticated rap artists of our time. I never even heard Perhaps of him. Perhaps of all time. Aesop Rocky. Aesop, oh, Aesop Rocky. Aesop. See, you're saying like Aesop, like the fable guy. Yeah, that's what it is. He's Aesop Rocky. I thought it was Aesop oh my Rocks. No. Clearly, I don't know okay. that much about what I'm talking about. I have heard it, and it's pretty damn impressive. Yes. At any rate, we also like to talk about games. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about 8th edition 40K a bit more. We're going to open up a discussion for our Twitch chat. And, whoa, check out my shirt. Pretty cool. Oh, did she put something up over <laughs> your shirt? That's because oh. I'm wearing the LVO shirt, and it's green, right. and we have a green screen. So uh, we did want to talk about 8th uh, edition, though, and how people are. some people are having trouble acclimating to the new edition and how funny it is. Because we're uh, seeing people who are coming to the game completely fresh, and they're having no issues at all. And a lot of the, the issues people have, it's just a hangover. It's knowledge from previous versions of the game that they are carrying with them. Right. Uh, and, and it's coloring the way that they're reading what is actually a very simple rule set. Um, so let's pop over to our Twitch chat, and we'll open it up. And we're going to talk about things that they have had trouble adapting to in this edition of the rules. Um, funny things about people like freaking out and making these grand sweeping generalizations about, you know, eighth is terrible. Eighth, eighth is the greatest thing since sliced bread, uh, or this is unplayable. That's awful. And it's like, you guys, the rule set's been out for weeks, like give right. it a minute. Uh, and also please remember we haven't even had a single codex come out yet. So, yep. um, we'll jump in and answer a couple questions. Cause I'm sure that there's other people out there who've been experiencing very similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's pretty funny to, I've, 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 uh, had this ongoing debate with some people on our YouTube channel. It's not even really a debate. It's mostly me laughing. But, uh, and then there's been actually some good points. But people are like just convinced 
to the core of their being that blast weapons and flamer weapons are terrible hmm. in this edition. And I'm like, you can't have played the game very much. I thought it was awful the way, I mean, like, this compared to how it was, it's like night and day. I mean, do you remember, do you remember how it used to be with templates? And you'd be like, okay, let me line up this template. And you'd have like a 15 minute argument yeah. about how many models are you hitting? And like, oh, I think it's kind of slightly on this guy. Like, all right, dude, just, just do it I anyways. guess, I oh, guess, bro. That's how you want to do it. No. I, mean, I mean, come on. Like now it's just a general, like, okay, D6, D6. Yeah. I mean, it's, yes, it's it's more simplified. But like, do you just remember the 20 minute arguments about like, I think this is kind of hitting that. I don't really know. This scatter dice is all the way over there. I mean, come on, guys. Do you remember how bad that was? Like, It could cause a lot of arguments. Right. And how long did it take to resolve a unit of three thud guns, their shooting attack? Right. Took forever. Yes. Like this one goes over here, uh, seven yeah. inches. Uh, and it multiple barrages. Like, okay, oh I think it comes this way, and this yeah. way, and this way, and this way, and this way. And then you'd roll like all these multiple barrage templates. And then like um, 50, dice, 50 dice and 10 minutes later, you're like, two wounds. Yeah. It was so <laughs> confusing. Okay. It's like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just different, right? Like everyone's like, but in this edition, it did this. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. That's a memory now. It is, it's not, right. it's no longer relevant. Uh, what they do now is different. They're a really good tool. Flamer weapons don't roll to hit. That's awesome. Right. Just the other night, I had a full strength character get killed by a single heavy flamer. Mm -hmm. Hit me six times. It did six wounds. I failed enough saves. I failed four and the guy died. I was yeah. like, when did a, fl a flamer before would do one hit to that guy? Right. It, flamers ignore the degrading damage profile. Uh, flamers auto hit flyers, which is a little funny, but it's the way it works. Right. Uh, they auto hit in Overwatch. Like, I'm like, why do I have to try and... I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. If you don't like them, don't use them. Mm -hmm. But it's just, to me, it's like so painfully obvious. I mean, this is a tremendously effective tool and blast weapons, especially now Barrage, hit anything anywhere on the table. Right. No look, and they're usually very cheap. Mm -hmm. They're just tremendously good. And it's like, you know, if you're remembering the one time your Basilisk aced a unit of 10 Space Marines, and it was the most glorious thing that ever happened in your 40K career, uh, well, yeah, that's not really going to happen anymore. But... Um, I had my Wraith Light was killed by Basilisks in a, a tournament. Mm -hmm. And that was like pretty much inconceivable previously right. due to the fact that they, they just, they sucked. They did one wound to a monstrous creature. Ooh, a giant cannon shell, bam. Ooh, one wound, maybe. Right. And now it's like they could do potentially 18 damage to a single target. It's, it's, it's different. The way it functions is different. Now blast weapons and template weapons are not only good against hordes, do they absolutely dominate them like they did before? No, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But now they're good against every target in the game. They're good against vehicles, they're good against monstrous creatures, they're good against flyers, characters, hordes. I take them whenever I can. Right. Like I build lists around the dang things and they, they're great. So I think once people acclimate to blasts and templates, the changes, they'll see how good of a tool they are. And you know what, if it doesn't work for you. And you got the same, we, we saw the same feedback and, and shock for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, Age of Sigmar players are just laughing. They're like, just calm down. Right. And, and that's, I think, why we were, are kind of like, it's not a big deal, this is great. It's because we played Age of Sigmar for a year before this this change, and this is what we're used to. So now we're like, thank God, because yeah. we've been playing for a while. Remember Cannonball Shots yeah. from, from Warhammer Fantasy? Jeez. And like, if you play Warlord game stuff, I believe that they, for a long time, have been doing, like, a fl um, not Flames of War, uh, Bolt Action. I believe flamers and stuff hit the exact same way. I think that's a mechanic that's that's been around. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but I believe that's 
um, how that works, and it's always worked that way for them, and it's it's worked perfectly for those players. So, yeah. you know. Anyways, that's I think probably enough on templates. No, I mean it's it's just yeah. it just amuses me. It's new. Me. It, it's new. It, it, it just who have not played Age of Sigmar and yeah. other games. Yeah, because we yeah you're right we haven't played Age of Sigmar. It just it speeds the game up so much. It's just more uh, preferable. Um, we have a question, Gian C two two two. Of course, it's the rules question per usual. Yeah. Uh, but don't don't feel bad, guys. Uh, cover and uh, vehicles or anything that's not infantry. Um, you have to be on or touching cover to get a save per the BRB, and then you have to be fifty percent obscured. Now, the interesting thing is that you don't technically have to be 50% obscured by the piece of terrain that you're on or touching in order to get the save. You just have to be obscured from the perspective of the model firing at you and be on or in a piece of terrain uh, to get the plus one to your save for a vehicle or a monster or whatever the case may be. Uh, infantry are the only ones that are really abstract. They are the ones that they just have to touch piece of terrain and then they get uh, the plus one to their save. Typically speaking, uh, but that question does come up a lot. It takes some getting used to because people are just like not, they're just not used to that, the way that works. Like the only way you ever get a benefit benefit of cover um, is if you're on or touching it. And then the exception to that, if I'm re remembering correctly, is barricades for infantry. It just has to be between you and the unit firing at you. And I think the unit has to be within one inch or something of it. I, I may be quoting that wrong, but um, that's one of the only exceptions. And usually the exceptions are just with infantry. Mm -hmm. uh, everything else functions pretty much the exact uh, same way. Um, yeah, new bolt action. They put templates in, yeah. and they weren't I using them. I wasn't 100% sure on that, but yeah. thank you for clarifying Yeah, that. they did. Um, you know what? If people like them, they like them, which yeah. is fine. But I think the game is much more fluid, and I enjoy playing without them. It speeds things up. Mm -hmm. um, it's one less thing you have to remember to bring to a tournament. Like, I really liked it in Age of Sigma. We've been saying that this yeah. whole time. And when we saw it come over to 40K, we're like, oh, yeah, this is great. It just right. it makes things so much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, everyone in chat is basically saying that, that they really are enjoying 8th edition. They think it's a blast. And, yeah, and that's, that's great. Um, Matt Pashby, just out of curiosity, why do you think GW decided to keep the auto go first if you deploy first when all of the playtesters were in agreement? Um, well, that's a question I can't actually answer because of the um, nature of the agreement we have with Games Workshop. Um, you know, part of being a playtester is is you gave your word and signed a legal document stating that there were certain things that you can and cannot mm -hmm. talk about. And that's actually one of the things that we can't um, directly uh, disclose. But if I was somebody that, uh, I know that, that that's frustrating to hear, but that's just the way it is. Um, but I, if you guys were to imagine yourselves in our positions as playtesters and tournament organizers, and we made the decision to do um, the plus one to go first as opposed to the auto go first. Understanding the relationship we have with GW, um, you could probably guess or extrapolate out um, that, that we didn't just make this stuff up and pull it out of our, our rear end. Um, but yeah, that, unfortunately, that's I have to uh, plead the fief on that one. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, fief. Yeah. Um, I guess you just have to trust us, I guess. Um, yeah. And let 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 and play things with it unfold. if you want to, and, yeah. and don't play if, if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing at your local game store with your friends, do whatever you want. If you're yeah. playing at a tournament, the tournament organizer is going to use the rules that they feel best suits their event. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. And to to kind of go into that a little bit further because I know a lot of people online are, are hotly debating this. Play how you want to play. We don't care. We're not trying to tell yeah. people how to play. The playtesters came to the conclusion that we did based on lots and lots of repetitions with all the armies. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when people are, are like passionately arguing a point 
it's it's because they're thinking maybe not even like selfishly it's just they play one army they play one list and they're thinking about how it would impact their play experience players advocate for their models players advocate for their their army very frequently not always uh, oftentimes like in our polls we found that people voted altruistically they voted imagining themselves in another position but um, we have seen that, that a lot of the people that are advocating for this have a certain play style um, that they like. But what we found in play testing, playing all the armies, mm -hmm. is that um, there were certain armies that became less and less appealing when they knew that they were going to pretty much always get alpha struck or beta struck, pretty much always lose first blood um, and get the short end of the stick. And then what we found is that uh, some armies would end up with like 30, 40 individual units because they didn't care because it didn't make any difference. And it became really, really crazy. I played against an army like that this weekend. He had 12 individual units of a single spawn. Mm -hmm. And he had, I think it was 18 individual artillery units. Because right. he was like, I'm not going first anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this as hard for you as possible as the other, um, as the other player. Right. Uh, and then my, like my Eldar Wraith army, as I said in the, the battle report I wrote, I went first every single game because I only had eight or nine drops. Right. And I got first blood every single game. Right. You know, and it's yeah. like, that's what's going to happen when you have an auto-go-first mechanic, except if the other person seizes the initiative on you. Right, and so what we might need to see from the community is, is tournament organizers and ITC and stuff. We might need to create uh, a system where we have all these other different scoring mechanisms um, where we're not dependent on, on a hard, rigid scoring structure like First Blood. And, you know, we're like, where you have these auto-win type deals for these builds, um, because you're going to have to build the game, like, this is the game we have, right? This is the mechanic we have. Um, these are the models. These is, you know what I mean? Like these are the rules that we have, right? And so if we want to have a, a, a tournament system that's fair to everybody, we might have to be a little bit creative in terms of like the scoring of that game yeah. system to make it fair for everybody. Because yeah, you're right. There are certain bills that are just always going to get that first point. Yeah, and it's and, often the game deciding right. point. Right, and you don't want, yeah. you can't have that be a thing, you know? And yes, it's so new, it's not going to be an immediate thing but eventually we might want to evolve that way and i'm not saying us as frontline gaming i'm saying like you your play group your your local tournament organizer like games workshop if you're listening anybody uh, mariana can you turn jason's mic up please yeah it's friday i'm talking a little low <laughs> no no it's okay um no I, i'm i i agree with you like if you are going to play with the auto go first mechanic you should probably the remove other guy. Um, you should probably remove first blood from your mission set yep. um, or make it less important. Right. Um, like if you have, you know, a potential of 15 points, first blood should be like one point. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise with an auto go first mechanic, people are going to build their armies for it. Right. They're going to count on always getting it. They can also do a deny uh, slay the warlord mechanic in their, uh, or, uh, in their army. And if those two points are big, big in the way that they win the, the mission, um, you could build a list that's going to count on getting denying your opponent one and always getting the other. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to start seeing less variety in your lists. Whereas if you just go a plus one to go first, mm -hmm. it's still a big, it's still a huge advantage, right? Imagine if we did that last edition mm -hmm. where we were like, oh, you get plus one to go first. People would be like losing their minds. Right. But now because the, what's on the table is always go first, which is obviously, right. you know, the ultimate form of that. Right. Um, plus one to go first feels like disappointing even though in any other version of the game that would have been bananas right so although if anybody remembers fourth edition to determine who goes first you roll a number of dice equal to your strategy rating mm -hmm. and the person who rolled the highest one orcs had one die 
Right. And then Space Marines had three. I was like, this is someone who wrote this rule does not understand math at all. <laughs> like, give me a break. But um, we have found that the plus one to go first works really well. A lot of people have asked, why don't you just uh, make it a plus one to seize or reroll to seize? Because the math is the same. Right. It's, it's like plus or minus 1% invariance. Right. And the reason that we didn't, because we did think about that, but the reason why we didn't is there's, we're future-proofing it against things that modify the seize the initiative role. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say that there's a, a there's, there already is a character in the game, a forge role character that seizes on a four plus. So if you said it was like plus one to seize or reroll, right. then the other person would have like a 75 or 66% chance of seizing the initiative. Right. right, unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. So we're future-proofing it against things that can modify uh, seize the initiative. That's why it's kind of it seems weird right now. Like I roll and then you immediately roll to seize the initiative. Right. It does. It is. It does seem weird. But when we start getting modifiers to the seize roll, it will make sense. Right. Which they're already here. Right. Yeah. Like we already have a character. Yeah. Uh, like that. Uh, we have a couple people chatting in in, uh, in the chat talking about how. Um, uh, Many players in Bolt Action actually felt that going back, back to Blast Markers was a nerf for um, weapons that use those, and that some players miss the abstract system. Uh, I get it. And I, I do remember that argument. I remember looking into it. Mm -hmm. In Bolt Action, um, because they did the roll the number of hits, mm -hmm. It was they found it was very powerful against like small units like snipers or right. uh, command teams, because you could get multiple hits on one guy. Almost guaranteed to kill him. Right. So people were like sniping with blast weapons. Right. Which in 40k, thankfully, it doesn't really work that way because you can't single out mm -hmm. characters that provide the buffs. Right. Um, a barrage does not or does not need to see the target does not uh, get around that. Right. So we don't really have that that susceptibility uh, in it. But I do really like how uh, you do a lot more damage with you know Lehman Rust battle cannons and Urshaker cannons to vehicles and monsters. Whereas before you just ding you just dinged them basically. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was kind of silly. Um, some of the other things I've been seeing people talk about too uh, is saying, you know, this army sucks or the meta is this or the game is this. This is the way the game is going to play. Right. And it's like, you guys, it's way too early. We just started. It is way too early to be saying these. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, the, 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 the Boise GT, which happened last weekend, first kind of big size GT. Uh, and the, the individual that won, as I understand it, was his first GT ever. Mm-hmm. Right, and he, and congratulations, that's, that's right. amazing. So it's, and he, he was, he beat Jeremy Vessier, mm -hmm. who is a season tournament pro right. in the finals and beat him, as I understand it, quite soundly. Again, that's no diss on Jeremy. He's a good friend of mine and mm -hmm. a good player. But I mean, that's where we're at right now. And then a, yeah. there was a big tournament, uh, a 30, I think it was 32 player GT mm -hmm. or that around about on the East Coast. Right. Um, and the person that won brought his fifth edition army. Yeah. He's a good player, but he hadn't really played much of six and seven, mm -hmm. and he won. Yeah. So I mean, that's where we're at. The game is up in the air. People who are quote yeah. unquote experts, yeah. and I'm not dissing anybody, but yeah. there's people who are talking. Their mouthpieces are talking heads. Yeah. They're making these proclamations that this is that the game is this. It's I feel like what we're seeing is that we've transitioned to a new game, and it is. It's a new game. Seventh edition Warhammer Forty Thousand was such a, a deeply ingrained tournament focused game and there was such a huge community around it that the, the very logical step for people was like okay here's a new game how do we make this into what we had yeah like how how is this now seventh edition in this new game like how do we turn this into this tournament game 
boom, 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 boom. This is a new meta. These are the new lists, how to beat them. All these talking heads, all these people with blogs, all these people with YouTube channels, like it had to focus, right? Because like, they can't just stop. Yeah, they right? need content. Yeah. And so the, the more sensationalistic. This is what we're, yeah, this is what we're is, seeing. The and and the people who, who, and let's face it, some people, this is their big life. I mean, like a lot of people, including us here, live it. I mean, like, and so you don't take a day off because the game has changed. So you're like, this is now a new game. Here's a new tournament list. Here's all the stuff that's going to win. But we just, it's not true. We don't know yet. Yes. Right? Everything's so new. There's, we haven't even started seeing the combos that you can take yet. Yeah, there, people it's are just like just, Age of Sigmar. Like, yeah. we've been into Age of Sigmar tournament play for over, over a, year a year at this point. And, the meta's still and we've developing. still yeah. have not seen, we haven't even scratched the surface yet of what you can do with that game. Yeah, we're, we're the, the, you make some really good points. Right. And you've got these people that are making these proclamations, and a lot of it is. It's like 24-hour news channel. Well, you got to talk about something. Yeah. And the people that are out there that have made, they have, you know, they've they've made that commitment. They need something to talk about. Right. Uh, not that everyone's being sensationalistic. I, I, I don't mean that, but right. that does help. Right. right. There are certain blogs and, and and such out there that that's how they make their hay. Right. Is by you know, clickbait kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, to be fair, it works. It's not a dig, mm -hmm. but um, that that is the way that they get out there. But yeah, you guys. The meta has not. It's just. It's in its nascent stages, and we haven't yeah. even had a single yeah. codex. Wait until codex come is out. coming. Like this is. We haven't even. Armies are not even fully formed. No, yet. this All is we like have are the indexes. indexes. And like in another war scrolls. Another Age of Sigmar reference is it's the the giant indexes in that it's game. The alliance books. Yeah, those are like. I was forty percent, fifty percent of yeah. what the faction ends up being. You right. get so much more stuff later on in Age of Sigmar, and I would be willing to guess that 40K is probably going to be similar. Right. So hang tight. Uh, another thing too is right like uh, right now, uh, people are concerned with, um, you know, bubble wrap, sit and shoot armies mm -hmm. are too good. And like we've been saying this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you have to have line of sight blocking terrain to make the game fun. Right. In 8th edition, and as soon as we introduce projective uh, objectives into the game, mm -hmm. it's gonna force people to have mobility to go get stuff. And that's gonna make that that onion-wrapped, bubble-wrapped, stand-and-shoot army um, not as good to play. Mm -hmm. It's gonna make the the multiple knight army not as good to right. play because they're gonna to struggle to get progressive objectives. They're not gonna be mobile. They're not gonna yeah. be able to pick up those objectives on turn one because they're gonna be sitting in their little objective zone. They're gonna be bubble-wrapping. Um, and, and if you have a, an elite, fast, mobile force that's gonna have a mixture of deep striking, um, picking up objectives turn one, you are going to be outplaying them immediately. Yep. And then they're going to have to be forced to then put in um, uh, mobile elements. It's going to be like an Astro Militarum force in 7th edition that was a, um, a sit-back-and-shoot army. You never saw those guys on even mid-range yeah. tables because and like, it didn't work. Right now it'll be really good because conscripts are ridiculously good. They're right. incredibly, incredibly stupidly good, like we've right. been saying. But they're slow. And they're slow, right? And so like that's why if you look at... At the Ash, Ash Militarum list I've been playing, not to say that you should not play the way you should want to, you should. I do not have a sit, I have sit and shoot elements to it, but most right. of my army is very aggressive and it goes upfield right. using those terrible flamers. Jangle Belly, correct. Wait for the Codex Creep. No, the Codex Creep. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny comment. I, <laughs> I will say that I don't worry about Codex Creep. Yeah. Because, um, I can't say why, but I would say that that's not something to be concerned about. Um, also, oh, hey, we just got a new sub, GNC222. Thank you so much. You subscribe with Twitch Prime. For those of you who don't understand how that works, you can subscribe to the uh, channel, four ninety nine a month, or you can do it for free with uh, Twitch, your Amazon Prime account. We use that money to pay for upgrades, 
Mariana's salary even when she's late this mm-hmm. morning. But uh, she is heading out to Arizona to work with someone who does it professionally to build a new streaming rig. So we're going to have even better shows for you. She can use that money to get a watch. Uh, good burn. Good. That was pretty good. Burn. She burn has count. a freaking watch. She has an Apple iWatch. Apparently doesn't use it. Do we have a burn counter on this one? I'm going to get a flamethrower. I was like, what do you mean it's not ready to go? So uh, at any rate, we had a couple other questions in the chat. I wanted to address them. Somebody asked about fixed objectives. So uh, yeah, the reason that why the fixed objectives are in the, the beginning, the entry level ITC mission set is because there was a lot of concern from players about uh, knowing who was going to choose the, um, the deployment zone because that person places the second objective. And the problem is the, pl- the first player puts down an objective and then the other player goes, I can stack three on that side. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be able to choose that de- high probability of getting that deployment zone. Then I can play defense. And then those stand and shoot armies can really dominate. Potentially, in 8th edition, it's such a fluid game, we found it doesn't matter that much. But that was a concern that people had. So we wanted to address that by saying, you know what, maybe out the gates, we'll just do fixed objectives. It's very simple. Some veteran players expressed, uh, like PJ Pants hit me up. He's like, I really don't like that. And I was like, I know I get it, because the, the, the very veteran player uses objective placement to their advantage. It's part of their strategy. Um, but these missions that we came out with, again, just to reiterate the point, are, they're literally just to get people going. We had events last weekend that needed something, so we just we put it out there. Um, we are going to come out with uh, Twitch subscribers gave us the idea combined arms missions, ITC missions, mm-hmm. which will be more uh, complicated missions with a, a progressive scoring element. Or if you guys want, just go use the Nova missions, which have been fine tuned. They're great, high level play missions. Um, the link is on the ITC page. You can jump in and use those now, and that will change the way the game is played. Two, because you pick, you basically pick your mission based on your opponent. In the Nova mission set, they're, they're, they're great. And a lot of this stuff that people are concerned about, uh, it goes away because the mission mitigates that. It, it forces you to play differently in order to win the mission. Even if you're you know, kicking the crap out of your opponent, if he's picking up those objectives, he's going to beat you. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a couple other good questions. Um, Sisters with Acts of Faith, yeah. Uh, Sisters, uh, Adeptus Sororitas or Sisters of Battle are, I think, in my opinion, one of the better armies in the game at present. Uh, Frankie's army is being painted, so hopefully we'll be able to show it off pretty soon, even if it's just base coded. Um, Another uh, commenter, I apologize, I I didn't catch your name, the chat's going a little too quick, uh, has said that, um, according to BCP right now, that the most popular armies are Blood Angels, Orcs, and Tyranids, which warms the cockles of my heart. What is a cockle? Cockle is, uh, I think it's something that's deep inside. Ooh. I was an English major, so maybe that might be right. I think it's actually a part of your heart. It's I like don't a, know. It's like a ventricle or something. Chat, yeah. what do you think? Um, Cockle. That's the, the word of the day. We're going to use it a lot here. But it's, it's really interesting to see that. And the comment the, 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 in chat, the commenter had said that it looks like people are playing the armies they haven't been able to play. Yes, and that's great. But also, those armies are really good. Tyranids, especially, are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I had a, a listener write in from Germany that was like, I can't, like, Tyranids are so terrible, blah, blah. And it's like, this ties into the topic of what we're on is that I think people who are really struggling, like you said, they're trying to play seventh edition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to embrace what's new, try right. to forget the old, mm-hmm. and, and play eighth edition. It's right. different, it's a different game. I think Tyranids have all the tools in the world to just kick. But Blood yep. Angels rock. Yep. God, they're good. Uh, and Orcs are amazing, too. And you, and you have to, um, one of the, the most important things is to write lists that 
that really are takeout comers in this edition. Like you have to be able to to deal with um, removing um, the different elements of people's lists. Like so, like one of the big debates that have been going on is leadership, right? I'm gonna interrupt so, you really quick. Yeah. Chat took us to school. A cockle is a sea animal. Hmm. It's part of the pneumonias family, I think, is what you're. Or, uh, no, but some people are saying that it's, it's a part of the heart. It's an edible burrowing bivalve mollusk with a strong ribbed shell. Mm. Now we know. Finish your thought. So my last thought on the whole subject is that like, it's very important when you're writing lists, just like it is in Age of Sigmar, you have to have elements that can deal with every part of the game. So like, if you have, you're going to have characters that buff um, units. You're going to have characters that buff your opponent's leadership, attacks. You have to have ways to take them out. So like for me, I'm running in a very elite small force of Grey Knights. I had to add Vindicare Assassins because I need to, from range, be able to take out those characters that are going to buff my opponent's army to levels that I cannot deal with. So like if I'm playing against a guard army that has um, leadership buffing characters that will make it so I can never break those armies uh, in close combat, which is what I'm very good at, I need to be able to kill, kill those guys. So what did I do? I added Vindicare Assassins. You have to, be, you have to write your lists um, with that in mind. If you don't, you're just going to get rocked by people's, because this is a game of overlapping abilities, and you're, you're writing these army lists in, in ways that are exploiting certain abilities, I guess is the best way I can explain. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And then Rather Quaint also said that cockles are ventricles in the heart. That's what I thought. Boop. So I was wrong. No, I agree with you. Like, you, you need to, to play 8th edition, like you said. You need yeah. to come up with ways to counter all the different things you're going to see. Um, and and that, that's, that's the truth. I think, And I really do. I believe the people that are struggling mm-hmm. are the people that are trying to play 7th edition. Like, James on our team, excellent player. He mm-hmm. was just struggling and super frustrated when he started playing 8th edition. Right. He was playing a Death Star, a Chaos, Smash right. Face. And he was trying to play that way in 8th edition and, mm-hmm. and not having good results. It's no. like, that's not the way this game plays, no. you know? So people are going to take some time to adjust. So give yourself time to adjust. Do not pass judgment on the game yet because you don't have the whole game yet. Um, Someone else had asked, when are the uh, combined arms advanced ITC missions going to be available? Still working on them. Um, I'm hoping to get that out as soon as possible. We are going to ping the BAO uh, attendees to see if they would rather play those or the, the, the simpler or I guess I don't want to say simpler. That's kind of a negative connotation. Um, the the Eternal War modified ITC missions, because uh, we don't want to throw too much at people when they're still trying to learn the game, but the mm-hmm. BAO is towards the end of July, so that may be enough time. Right. Uh, but once we get the you know, the missions drafted, we'll, we'll uh, email everybody and give them the chance to um, take a look at them. And if you're a BAO attendee, you'll be able to vote on if you want to play, kind of just, I guess simpler is the better way to put it. Simpler Eternal War slightly modified missions or um, uh, layered missions with an objective and end of game uh, victory condition, which I just think they're more fun. I would, what we would, what we've been chatting about and I would like to hear everyone in chat's thoughts. I would love to integrate in the Maelstrom cards because they're really fun in 8th edition. Yes, I agree. They're so much fun. It didn't work in 7th edition. They no. work fantastically in 8th edition. I, they improved I was the biggest opponent. Yeah. I am now their biggest proponent. It's, every time we play Maelstrom cards, I am having so much fun. It's much better, and it's yeah. and it's it's still competitive. It's it still is. competitive. You discard what you can't use. Exactly. You use what you can, and it makes the game so much better. It makes it so much better, guys. Try to use them if you can get them. Yeah, they're, I mean, <laughs> right it's, just, it's just fun. Yeah. Like they're, they're, it's just simply fun. And so the thing we were talking about is like, how do you integrate this into a tournament? Because um, 
if you have a deck and it's the same deck from event to event to event, it inevitably people are going to lose cards. They're going to pick up someone else's cards. Right. They're going to accidentally or cheaty on purpose have too many of a good or bad card in their deck. People are thinking of a black market to sell like the really good cards. Yeah. So it's like, how do you stop that? Like, like we were talking about it. And you like, have to make custom decks maybe. But even then, what if you just accidentally drop some of the cards right. from the deck and then you go to the next table yeah. and then you're playing and then your opponent's like, hey, dude, you don't have that crappy card that nobody right. wants. You're cheating, and the other guy's like, completely innocently, is like, "Why well, no?" Yeah. And it's on the floor, right? You know, so it's like, dude, I guess you could just roll. You would have to. It. I think the tournament. What you would have to do is you'd have to include a piece of paper that had listed all of the Maelstrom objectives, uh, with you know double digit numbers, and you'd roll. Well, there's a table. There's a chart to yeah. roll, and you'd and have then, to you'd have to roll for it. And your yeah. opponent would have to see, and you'd, it would it would be more tedious, but you would have to keep track. Yeah. And then. That's definitely a workable solution, but then yeah. it's like when you're doing that, the cards are really fun. Yeah. So I, I would yeah. love to, to to find a way to make the cards work, but the unintentional or intentional cheating is just too. Best easy. Coast Pairings app. Yeah, no, we talked about that with the Best yeah. Coast Pairings app. That that's a great idea, Tell V Bosch. Get on it, Garrett. No, we talked about that at the tournament we were at, and Andy, uh, Andy, who's helping us with the SoCal Open, mm -hmm. he was like, "Let him do it on the Best Coast Pairings app," and we were like, "That's genius." Yeah. And they were like, "Oh wait, what if your phone runs out of batteries halfway through a game?" Oh, yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> or you're like, oh, my phone's broke, dude. Or you know what I mean? Like, what, like you can have to have charging stations at every table. Yeah, that's true. So it's that was the other. We were like, ah, oh, damn it, the physical limitation again. Um, yeah. But it, you could roll on the table and then have a table for each mission, and then because you can only draw each one like a certain number of times. Right. And then you could check them off, and that's probably the only way really to make it work. Yeah. Um, or what uh, Pablo had said that they do in uh, Magic: The Gathering mm -hmm. is you give each other, you give your opponent your deck. So you first, you count your cards in your deck to make sure they're there. You hand it to your opponent, your opponent counts your, yeah. the other cards, and then you give them back to each other and you're like, good to go. That's kind of tedious. I, I honestly think that like the best thing to do is just on, on the, the, the player packet that you get, um, you just, for each turn, you just have like three lines there then, and you just write in the ones that you get. Then we're back to ITC missions that we had previously. And yeah. I'm pretty sure we had this exact same conversation, which is why we did it the way we did right. it. Oh. So anyway, it's, it's food for thought. Let us know what you guys think, because I really, really enjoy the Maelstrom. And again, all you give them, you just include the rule of if you draw a card that's physically not possible, like right. cast a psychic power and you don't have a psychic, or just discard it and draw another one. That, yes, you just that, add that should in. be, yeah. yes. But I mean, what, that's, and you talk to your opponent, you're like, I don't have a flyer. Yeah. Yeah, They're like, okay. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like have your flyer do a loop-de-loop. -loop. Well, yeah. I don't have one, so I can't yeah. do this. Um, and then when you add that in, it, it, it makes it really, really easy and, and yeah. straightforward. So give that some thought, guys. Um, and, and we'd love to chat about that a little bit um, uh, more. Because it would be so much fun to integrate the Maelstrom, but it is physical. there's physical limitations to make <laughs> it um, challenging. Do you want to jump back over to the show notes? Yeah. Wolf Priest Carl says, have Vegas-style car dealers at every table. Sure, and we can get them to wear bikinis. Ooh, or mankinis. Or mankinis. Let's be, yeah, let's be PC I'm here. playing at that table. Okay, yeah, I'll be at that one too. Wow, all right. So anyway, guys, I hope you all have been enjoying the two, the live games we've been playing every night of the week. It's been an absolute blast. We're all learning 40K together. And we actually integrated Age of Sigmar. I think we're going to be doing Wednesday nights for Age of Sigmar. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, tonight is going to be Drukari versus a um, Nurgle-themed Chaos Demon Engine Warband painted by one of our studio painters, Pascal. It's a really funky army. It's got a lot of Forge World stuff in it. It's got all these cool combos 
very unique, very different. Three Forge Fiends. He's been really busy painting that army too. He has been. And he and I have played a lot of reps. Mm -hmm. So I know what that army can do. It's it's good. It's 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 very different. And that's what I love about 8th edition. Yeah. Is Pascal's you, a good player. He is. And you can get very creative. So he's this a, will be a um, fun game. Pascal's a, he's one of our artists in the studio, but he's also a, he's a tournament War Machine player. Yes. So he's actually a very good tournament player. Tactically, Tactical, he's a good... He's proficient. Yeah. Yeah, so this should be a good game. I think right. it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And of course, I'm playing Jukari, which is our subscribers to our Twitch channel get to vote. Uh, the vote, what they voted that I'll be playing against you on Monday. Uh, Jason has got Monday nights. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you haven't had a, the pleasure to see him, Locked he is in. the salty banana, as he's been dubbed by chat. The salted, salted banana. It's so funny. And uh, he's been fine-tuning his uh, Grey Knights, so it's been fun to see that evolve. You'll be playing Grey Knights. They voted for yes. me to play Space Wolves against you, specifically a Grey Knight theme or a Grey Hunter okay. um, heavy uh, Space Wolf army. So that'd be a lot of fun. Nice. And this will um, be your the Native American themed. Yes. Right. I haven't had them on actually That's been yet. A while. Yeah. I'm gonna um, and I'm gonna at least work on trying to get at least one unit of my um, the new uh, interceptors on there yep. and and one new uh vindicare assassin up that's yep. my that's my weekend goal guys so awesome see if i can get that done and so to go over a couple of things that we got wrong that our chat has pointed out to us and thank you um even though obviously uh, i've been playing this rule set for a very how, long time first of all how dare them i know it was a glove to the face how dare them i'm never wrong i'm just sometimes delayed in my rightness just kidding. So uh, a couple things we got wrong that was pointed out to us by our Twitch chat, which thank you. Um, we were playing it that strike squads, I think we might have said that strike squads don't deep strike, but they do. Anybody who has teleport strike in the Grey Knight Codex, which is almost every unit, can deep strike. I think Purifier is one of the only ones that cannot. So your interceptors, your strikes, they can all deep strike if you choose. Awesome flexibility. Um, I had said Biovores, when they miss with their uh, shot, they don't automatically create a uh, um, spore mine mm -hmm. for free but they do and it's on it's on the spore mine data sheet that's why i missed it the spore mine data sheet says in match play you know if there's ever a situation where these would be created they were created for free you don't have to have points set aside so that's really good it makes them even better biovores are stupid good so that was one that i missed and then uh on my army that i played and over the weekend i accidentally cheated um I forgot to play for the force shield on my Autarch. Someone pointed out to me that um, you do have to pay points for it. Mm -hmm. And I missed that because it's not in his war gear section. So I apologize to all my opponents and uh, thank you for pointing that out. Easy fix. Yep. But uh, the Autarch, you do have to pay for that. Because sometimes in their ability section, they list like things that you do pay for and sometimes you don't. You just have to go back and double check the index. It's a bit It's a little yeah. confusing. It's a bit confusing. Yeah. It's a bit tedious. However, it is understandable why it was done the way it was done. And it at, least, at least for now, because yeah. codexes are still going to be coming out. Yeah, and it gives you granularity. Like, 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 hypothetically speaking, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying I know this is going to happen. This is purely as a hypothetical. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a unit was priced accurately, but its gun was too good or too weak right. and made one of the options not viable? So therefore, when the codex came out, they changed it to make that gun more or less expensive so that that version of the unit became more or less appealing as appropriate right. for balance. Wouldn't that be cool? And that's kind of what the game plan is right. um, as we understand it, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so anyway, um, fun discussion on 8th edition, and we will move on. You'll notice I'm wearing a floating uh, Las Vegas Open shirt. 
Um, normally, it doesn't do what I'm doing right now. That's only the ones for the, uh, the platinum members. The platinum only. It's the floating symbol in front of their shirt. Yep. Just kidding. Mariana did this because it's green and we're in front of a green screen. But I'm wearing this because I want everybody to get excited about and be aware of the fact that registration for the Las Vegas Open will be opening in July, towards, hey. the, towards the end of the month. Very soon. Yeah. Oof. Oh, I can't believe it's already time. But we've already got a lineup of uh, people that are com coming for... Um, Big name exhibitors already. Exhibitors? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, games, once you go Games over, Workshop. Well, it's confirmed already. Games Workshop, Cool Mini or not. Um, who else? Big ones. Privateer Press. Um, Battle Foam. Battle Foam is going to be playing a big part, so keep tuned. We're going to have some big announcement for them pretty soon. They're going to be our good friends at Battle Foam. Going to be um, doing some crazy giveaways. Yeah, uh, for, for that. That's we're really excited for that. Yeah, a lot of cool new people, upcoming, up and coming people too. One of the cool things that we're going to be doing uh, this year is um, the blog. We're actually going to be updating um, and kind of spotlighting these guys and, and talking about um, what they're going to be doing at the convention. A lot of them are going to be running special events, um, con only. Um, promotions that they're going to be doing. Um, there's also going to be the demo zone again. A lot of people are coming to the demo zone who are approaching us, big name manufacturers that want to just attend just to run demos um, of up and coming products that won't even be released. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be going on. So keep your eye um, not only on when ticket sales are going to be going on, but on the blog because the blog is going to be showing you what's going to be going on with these exhibitors. And you mean the blog at Las Vegas Open? At the Las Vegas Open yeah. uh, And we'll be, we'll be linking that in our Facebook and on the, and on the front of the blog post of the, the, the Facebook or our website. Yep. Um, so lots of cool stuff. But um, yeah, once again, I guess the big one, big thing is Forge World. <laughs> yeah, Forge World, so, they killed it. Yeah, and, and they'll be bigger, bigger and better than last year. Yeah, so. it's, it's going to be amazing. So th this year for the Las Vegas Open, uh, it's going to be the biggest and best year yet. We've grown so much every year. It's been extremely exciting. Uh, if you do want to come, please make sure to jump on those when they go up for sale. The 40K event sold out like almost instantaneously last year. We had yeah. to we had to find more room, and then we yeah. opened it up, and then it sold out again. We had four. We had I think over 400 people playing in the 40K champs alone. Yeah. Uh, Age of Sigmar. I think we had just shy of 100 that were there for that was our first, the first year. year. Yeah. Right. It the, the it's gonna fill up really quickly. So we highly recommend you grab your ticket as soon as possible yeah. for, for the, especially for the main event events, yeah. because it does fill up. You don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. You have a full refund policy up until 30 days before the, the event. So even if something changes, you could always sell the ticket later. Do we want to see the dates yet? It's the last weekend of January. Yep. Which means not on Super, Super Bowl, Bowl Sunday. Yeah. We dodged Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and then the year after that, it will not be on Super Bowl Sunday either. Yep. So yeah, with the last weekend in January this year, um, I will have the booking link for the hotel up very soon. Uh, but yeah, make sure to set aside a couple bucks and grab those tickets when they come up for sale because as every year that it's ever existed, they go really quick. Yeah. Like, and if you know us personally, as always, don't wait. And then when it sells out, I'll be like, hey, did you save me a ticket? <laughs> Israel Sanchez. No, yeah, Israel not. Sanchez does that every time. And I'm like, Izzy, buy your damn We did ticket. not save you a ticket. Yeah. So uh, in other news too, the SoCal Open continues to sell steadily. Going to be an amazing uh, first year event, already bigger than the BAO, um, which is crazy. The BAO is on year seven and the SoCal Open is in year one. Going to be an awesome, awesome event. I think one here, we should go back to the barn. Go back just, just for the Just do it, of it, just retro. Because there was another barn adjacent to it. Yeah. We get both. Double barnyard. And just. Do we call it the barnyard bash? Yeah. The winner from each barnyard. Back to the barn. Back we'll call it. to the barn. And we'll actually get pigs and stuff just to walk around. The championship game is the winner from each barn. Goes to the barnyard bash championship no. playing a sty. Here we go. The last game 
is played on the back of a pig. Yes. <laughs> no, in the back, in the bed of a pickup truck. Yep. That's being driven around. Yep. On the back of, <laughs> being pulled by a, a tractor. <laughs> no, by a team of pigs. Yes. Yeah, pig. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to think that's where we started. It was this, in an actual barn. This whole adventure yeah. started. And there was like a hoedown. Yeah. Going down next no, door. No, there was like a quinceanera. Yeah, it was great. It was, yeah. And they came over and they're like, what in the hell? All those I remember one year, my first on? year on board with Frontline Gaming, we'll do a quick story. <laughs> my first time and then frankie was like hey i forgot to get the food can you go to costco and, and like pick up like 40 pizzas, pizzas? i was yeah. like what <laughs> i'm like firing pizza out to people like trying to do answer rules so questions I like, yeah i had to like drive to costco and get like 40 pizzas and like 20 cases of beer i'm like what is going on <laughs> that was the way we did it and then we just days. handed them out I'm like, here's a beer yeah, yeah. we got like costco brand <laughs> kirkland beer yeah and they're like and i was just handing yeah, guys giving people what? beers i'm like here's a beer it was fun yeah, though man that was it was good, it was a good time it was people it, had a good time yeah uh, in other news, the uh, General's Handbook 2017 has been announced. We talk about it in depth on the Ninth Realm, our Age of Sigmar podcast, so we will only touch on it briefly here. Check that one out if you want a much more in-depth look. But this is going to be updating points values for units. It's going to be giving army-wide faction rules, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. I would expect maybe some updated missions. Yep. Can't wait. Age of Sigmar is so much fun. The General's Handbook was the silver bullet that saved the game. Yes. And I'm expecting this to only improve on what they've already done. So keep your eyes open. That's supposed to be coming out later in the year. Yeah, some of the uh, the abusable mechanics that people touched or keyed in on as usual uh, should be addressed, hopefully. They, they yeah. tease more rules of one, which to me, I hope means... Stacking. No more stacking the same yeah. buff. Which I know there's people out there that are rolling their eyes like, oh, Reese. Like, oh, I bought, you know. Yeah, I have 10 Bloodstokers and that. Uh, but it's like, it's really, honestly, it's not that good for the game. Just yeah. ask the Morn Ghouls. Yeah. Ask and, Scott and I, from and Ask somebody game. who oh. gets rolled by that and they're like, I'm not playing again. It's like, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had fun, yeah. but now there's less opponents. So. You can still win without stacking yeah. the same buff. It's the same in 40K. You cannot stack the same buff. And like right. a lot of people instantly were like, if I take four dark shrouds, you can't shoot me. Yeah. And it's like, fun? does that sound like a fun game where you literally can't, the opponent can't shoot you? Yeah. Does that sound like a game in any d definition of the term? Yeah, why don't you just stay home yeah. and play a video <laughs> Go game? Go play a video game like, and use the cheat codes and have fun if that's the way you enjoy playing games. That was fun, though, in Doom. Dude, the first time I played Civilization online, they, this was back in the old days and they didn't have defense against cheat codes. Yeah. I'm building up some like Spartan warriors and a guy comes with a fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> There's a spaceman in the car who yeah. shot me with lasers. I had no, I was like, yeah. what is happening? I didn't even understand what was, yeah. I was seeing. I was like, is the game broken? And he was like, troll, lo, 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 just shooting. And to me, that's what it, yeah. that's the, the equivalent of yeah. taking four dark shots. Yeah. It's like, no, if the, the same buffs don't stack yeah. unless they say they do uh, in, in, in 40K. So, and I'm glad, and I hope, I sincerely hope that that happens for yep. Sigma. I think it will. Um, why don't you take this next one, uh, buddy? Because this, this is a really cool event we wanted to drop a plug for, um, right. for a community member who passed away, a serviceman. Yeah, so this is for Mark Fritz, right? Yep. Like good friend Mark Fritz, uh, Frontline Gaming. Uh, he's helped us out before. Um, so there is an event happening on July 29th, uh, which is Saturday. That can't be right. Yeah, it is. It's July 29th, June 29th, which was yesterday. Uh, and it's at Mugu Games in Everett, Washington, which is, I've never been there, but I hear it's a great game store. It is. Very large game store. Yeah. Um, they also are one of our retailers, which is cool. Um, they uh, are running an event um, for a person um, that uh, sadly succumbed to cancer at a very young age. Um, and it is a benefit event. Um, and it is for somebody who was part of a bolt action group. Um, and 
I think most of the proceeds or, or all 100% of the proceeds are going to a group called Burn Pit Veterans. Um, the person who passed away was named Kevin. Um, and there's a $20 entrance fee. They're going to have raffles throughout the day um, for a 40K starter set, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, lots of bolt action armies, um, an 8th edition army, X-Wing stuff. They're going to be barbecuing. Um, so it's going to be a, just a fun Saturday. Lots of uh, rolling dice, laughing, joking, remembering Kevin. Um, if you want to look on our show notes, there's a picture of Kevin and his friends. Uh, he's the guy being held in the middle. Um, just kind of a tragic thing that happened to a guy that was fairly young. Um, and they want to remember him and send him off in a good way. Gaming, he loved to game. Bolt Action apparently was one of his favorite games, and they're going to be just having a really good time doing that. So that is on uh, July 29th at Mugu Games in Everett, Washington. Uh, the Mugu Legion is, uh, is a good group of guys. They're a gaming group that always comes out to all the events. So if you can, if you're in the Washington area around there, go and support them. Uh, 100% of the proceeds uh, for that is going to go to that charity. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a good cause. Sounds like a really good guy. And yep. we hope everyone has a great time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on to the ITC, we have a ton of events coming up this weekend uh, all over the world. Yeah. And we do have a major event, the Caledonian Revolution at Element Games Northwest Gaming Center in uh, the United Kingdom. That's uh, one of the few majors that we do have over there, which is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can you scroll up and hit preview post on that, buddy? On the, it'll be on the upper right-hand side. So we have events all over the place. Um, preview changes, there you go. And then click on that tab. Mm-hmm. And uh, go out there, get your points. The season is really heating up. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff uh, going on. A lot of competition for those top spots. And we will go through the rankings because we haven't had a chance to do it in a while. And sure. I do want to take the opportunity to plug Best Coast Pairings, their player app. They do have a paid version of the player app that is now available. You don't have to pay <clears throat> to use it. But if you do pay, you're supporting them. You're supporting right. Uh, the Best Coast Pairings uh, team, mm-hmm. they are trying to go full-time. They, they want their lead designer to be able to go full-time. Right. So if, if we get enough revenue coming in... And what is the cost? Like five bucks a month? If I remember correctly, it's five bucks a month or it's like... Right. which is about how much I spend uh, on my daily coffee. I'm about to go get yeah. a coffee after this. It'll probably spend half yeah. that. So. Um, it's not very much right. money. You're supporting these guys. They work their butts off to make a great product. And uh, like they said, they're trying to go full team with one of their team members to make right. it a job. So uh, we really want to help them do that because mm-hmm. we don't want this app to go away because no. the ITC depends on it. And yes. it, 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 it and makes it easier uh, for people to run events right. straight up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they use it at Games Workshops events and for their official events. Yes. It's a great product. Mm-hmm. Um, so consider uh, subscribing. And if you buy a year-long subscription, it's, it's significantly cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and you can go do that at, at Best Coast Pairings. But what it gives you, if you do subscribe, is it gives you a ton of awesome information. They have a list database, right? Um, people that go to like the Las Vegas Open, the Bay Area Open, et cetera, they submit their list and then they keep it in a database so that you can go look for Grey Knight armies. Like Jason's learning. He's like, oh man, this guy got third place with Grey Knights at this big event. Right. What was he playing? Right. Boop. You can get that access right. to that information. And um, it gives you all kinds of... And eventually, as the database grows, they're going to give you crazy information, like how often do you win going first? How often do you win going second against Eldar? How often do you win when you get seized on? Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to give you all this amazing data uh, for those of you out there who enjoy that. And I think the list database is going to be what's most appealing. But other cool stuff that's going to come along in the very near future with the subscription is they're going to be able to generate discounts for uh, local game stores. Mm-hmm. Say you go to an ITC event at a game store that's participating in that part of the program. 
And they're like, yeah, if you come and you're a subscriber to the Best Coast Pairings app, you'll get an extra 5%, maybe 10% off if you purchase something. So for the game stores, it's cool because uh, it'll draw people in and then they're more likely to spend money. Right. Right. So they're getting business. Mm -hmm. They're getting more people coming to their store. Yes. You're saving money as the person using the app. Right. The Best Coast Pairings guys are making money. Right. And they're also going to offer discounts to events too. Yeah. And it's been, it's been proven that... Uh, events that are ITC events draw players from further away to game stores. They, they get customers they People normally they've never get. seen yeah. before. I've seen it personally where you show up to a game store that is I've never been to ever and they're like who are these 40 people that I've never met in my life? Yep. You know, and even if they're sitting there buying, you know, $10 worth of Mountain Dews, you know, it's yeah. a good it's a good thing for everybody. It, it 100% best is like, Coast play, it's good for Best Coast Pairings, good yeah. for you as the player because you're you have a, an environment to go play these games that you love. It's good for the store owner yeah. who's getting players to come in uh, and and be in their shop and play and buy stuff. So it's just a good overall thing. 100%. And uh, we've gotten so many emails from people that are like, dude, yeah. we had 10 people drive in from the next town yeah. or from the next state because right. they wanted to come and get some points. Yep. And now we'll, now here's a little extra incentive to spend money at the store when you're there because you're getting a little bit of a discount. Yep. Store is like, sweet, I just got business I wasn't going to get anyway. So yep. it's a win, win, win. Yep. So we've seen it here locally in San Diego. Total, 100%, yeah. 100%. So definitely consider supporting them. Again, you don't have to yes. at all, no. but consider supporting yeah, them. Still use it. And then the, 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 what they're gearing towards with it is that if you go, I think it's if you go to like four events per year or make a purchase a month, that the savings that you will get as a result of the subscription will will more than pay for the subscription. So it's basically, it'd be, you know, quote unquote free. Right. So it's right. a great idea. Um, and we, we wish those guys nothing but success. They're good dudes. Yep. So top 10 current standings in the ITC. And one more quick question because I keep getting asked, uh, I see in the chat, factions. I do have a faction list up on the ITC section showing you what the old faction was, what the current GW faction is, and how we're going to track it for the ITC. It's going to be very granular. Um, we're going to be able to, to show you, like, all the Space Marines will compete with other Space Marines, but we'll show you if they're playing uh, Ultramarines or White Scars or Raptors or whatever. So that when you're looking at it and you're playing, uh, you're playing, I don't know, Black Templars and you want to see the top Black Templars player, what's his list, you'll be mm -hmm. able to do that. Nice. So really cool, but we're going to be tracking right. that much detail. However, you're only going to be competing with, you'll be competing with all the other Space Marine players, not like Black Templar players. We're not right. going to have a trophy for the, right. the, the, the Minotaur's top player. Right. Sorry, we can't afford that yet. Right. So um, that hopefully answers that question. Top 10, number one, Ian Andrew. Uh, number two, Andrew Ford, David Johansson in third, Vincent Arroyo in fourth, Paul McKelvey in fifth, Kieran Howard down there in Australia is in Australia. sixth. I'm pretty sure I said that right. Ryan Olson in seventh. Jack Kennard in eighth. Matt Evans in ninth. Steven Hetmeyer in tenth. Well done to the current top of the leaderboard. Uh, top teams, the, the Aussie Battlers. <laughs> How do we have a bunch of ex-convicts? I don't know. Surfers and, I don't know. Just all what? around nary Kangaroo wells. wranglers. <laughs> they like... Sausage sizzles. That's all I know about Australians. Throwing some shrimps on the bobby. They go to these things called sausage sizzles. Is that really a thing? Yeah. I was just making up stupid stereotypes. Or I was just repeating Adrian, stupid stereotypes. Adrian, when he was here, was just like telling me all about it. He was teaching yeah. us all kinds of stuff about it. And then me. he had me try the, um, what is it? The, um, the, what is that spread? Oh. That I liked it a lot. Vegemite? Vegemite. It was awful. really good. No, he put it on the toast. It was good. <laughs> Yeah. I liked like, it. It was good. How do you make Vegemite good? Lots of butter and toast. I was like, well, then just get rid of the Vegemite and just give me butter oh, on my man. toast. Hey, I liked it. Okay. You are weird. 
Just, I, and by the way, we're teasing. We love the Aussies. You guys are rad. A lot of Australian people. They're, they're awesome. They love the they're ITC. Like, yeah. and they've been kicking butt with it. Um, I'm really stoked to see an Aussie team still on top club. Number two, Mugru Legion, who we were just talking about. Yep. And third, the notorious Beast Coast uh-huh. team from the East Coast. Those yep. guys are always good. Can uh, Hammer is hanging in there in fourth, threatening Beast Coast. They're only a point behind. Yep. Less than a point behind. Uh, top Adeptus Sororitas. Where is uh, Team Zero Comp? Team Zero Comp has been, we've been in hibernation. Jeff, come on. Yeah, we uh, we have not been at the top yeah. for quite some time. But we time. had to give everyone else a chance, right? Well, then in 7th edition, like Frankie and I weren't even like playing at the end right. because we were doing the, the other stuff. Um, Adeptus right. Sororitas, number one, is Adrian Gennard. He's been le- leading the pack all season. Right. Adeptus Astartes, Nate Bates with a comfortable lead. Asher Militarum, Sean Porter. He's always up there. He's yeah. a dedicated Asher Militarum. But he's probably stoked with 8th edition because Asher Militarum is so much better. He's up by one, less than a point. Yeah. He, Devin Swan is hot on his heels. Yeah. Uh, Blood Angels, we have Will Hodges. This is going to be a hotly contested faction this year. That's also very close, too. Yeah. Blood Angels, are. I, lo- I, I am making a Blood Angels army, too. Like yeah. I, I love the way they play. Chaos Demons, we have Ian Andrew is in first place. Chaos Renegades, we have Aaron Hayden way out in front with a 120-point lead. Um, Chaos Space Marines, we have Vincent Royal. Colt Mechanicus, uh, we have Robert Harp. Now, Colt Mechanicus and Skatari are going to be squished into one. It's going to be Adeptus Mechanicus. We just haven't had a chance to update it yet. Um, Dark Angels, another. this one is going to be a hot one, too, this season. Ben Rorison, currently in the lead by a big lead. Dark Eldar, we have Troy Selaweski. You're going to see that jump up as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people will be playing mm-hmm. Jakari. Uh, Death Watch, we have Anthony Diamore. Is that going to stay as its own faction? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. Uh, Eldar, we're going to have Andrew Ford, or he currently is in the lead. Now, how, what about, is that going to be changing to the name? Eldari. It is. Okay. Well, there's going to be Yanari, Eldari, Jukari, and uh, Harlequins, which we pretty much already have. Got it. Uh, Eldar Corsairs, we're going to have Carter Leach, still in the lead, but for the, first, for the first time ever, Someone is threatening him. There's only uh, Herb Schaefer is only four points behind. Herb Schaefer. Herbie. Herb Schaefer. Grey Knights, we have Shaylin Allen. She has been in the lead for Grey Knights forever. For now. For, ooh, the raw dog. I only got to make 350 points by uh, January. Yeah, I think you can do it. Not a problem. Gene Sealer Cool, we have Josh Bagwell currently leading the pack. Harlequins, David Ivings is in first place. That is also going to be hotly contested. Imperial yep. Knights, Derek Page. He is constantly in, on the top of the leaderboards yeah. with that one. Inquisition, we have Jason Ryder currently in first place. Knight Renegades, we have Tom Drury, all in caps. I like it. And Corn Demikin, sadly, is frozen in space because they got squatted. Yeah. James Shop, you are forevermore top Corn Demikin. Forever. For the end of until the end of the season. Yeah. Military Tempestin, this is going to be another one that goes absolutely bananas. Hey. Our boy Bill Durant. Bill Durant got it though. He uh he is going to have to fight for it because that's a very powerful faction. Uh, Shannon Patterson is currently number one with Necrons. Officio Assassinorum. We have Paul Boutine leading the pack. Orcs, we have Rich Kilton. Uh, he is always up there rotating. There's like a, a yeah. team of Orc players that are always fighting it out for number one. Mm-hmm. Skatari, we have Matt Evans. Space Wolves, Mitch Pelham. Jeremy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tau, we have Paul McKelvey. And Tyranids, Henry too. Also, I know we've been saying it a lot. Tyranids is going to be a popular, yeah. popular faction. So there you go, guys. That is the leaderboard as it stands right now. Can't wait to see how it shakes up, what factions come up, rise up, go down. According to Best Coast Pairings right now, as we've been seeing, it's a, it's a wide open meta. 
every army is performing well, where if, as you compare it to 7th edition, there's these huge spikes in performance between the top and the bottom uh, armies. So anyway, guys, before we close it up, we're gonna answer a couple more questions and then we will bid you adieu. See you later tonight for a Friday night fight. Um, sausage sizzles are totally a thing. They are. Sausage sizzles are totally Anytime a thing. Anytime I make sausages on my uh, countertop, I think I'm like, I'm doing a sausage sizzle right now. You think that? I do. Do you start I actively. thinking in an Australian accent? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hello, Gabna. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good at those accents. Oh, what you took in a boot? That's yeah. Australian, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a bit Indian. <laughs> I was supposed to be Canadian. Um, <laughs> we'll freeze Carl. Reese, will the beard grow longer? No, I think I'm gonna shave it. Um, my beard, my beard is like it goes in every direction. I've tried beard oils. I, it's just like a, it's like a, a caveman beard. It just doesn't really. Uh, I'm gonna grow mine out. Okay. Like big. You should. Fucking just. Dark Raptor huge. auto cannons or last cannons? They're both good. They both have their place. Um, I, I, that is tough. I think if you're only gonna, like, if you're talking about like on a, a Raptor squad or something, I would go with auto cannons because I like the high volume of shots for space marines, especially with Guillemin. Uh, uh, the last cannons are, are just so efficient. Um, I think you could go with either one and be. And this person one. has asked this several times about Rubric Marines. All is just rule. Yes. Is it plus one to their three plus save and five plus invul save, or is it just a three plus save? The all is dust is uh, to their save. Your save is an actual characteristic on your profile. Uh, your invulnerable save is a special rule you get in your abilities section. Uh, so it's only on the save on your profile. Just like when you get a cover save, it doesn't give you plus one to your invulnerable save. It's it's to your save characteristic. It'd be like plus one weapon skill or plus one blizzard skill or plus one leadership, uh, something like that or like that. Uh, can beasts climb ruins? I can, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce your screen name. Uh, no, they cannot. Para. Um, the only thing that can go up levels of ruins, uh, para are infantry and things that can fly. So motorcycles can't drive up the side. Um, I guess beasts just jump up and down and, and bark and slather. Can flamers hit flyers? Yep. Uh, yes, they auto hit Weirdly. flyers. It's they're flying low to the deck. You you have to like this game. You just got to use your imagination. It's abstract. Yeah, I mean that part is that the I, flyers are like spinning around, flying, like shooting their weapons at all the different targets. Like yeah. it's just you got to. It's imagine. it's they're low to the deck. I guess that's the only way. It is weird. I know it's weird. I, I don't. I have no Was that one that you voted for during playtest? Well, you don't vote in playtesting. Um, I can't disclose how the process works, but... Or did you say, did you make like a little note in red that said like, question mark, what? LOL, what? I w actually can't, I can't talk okay. about that at all, but it, I, I felt like it was a, a bit odd myself, but yeah. it is, uh, that is the way that it works. And I think it's just for simplicity, Yeah. right? It's just, it always hits. It seems strange that you're hitting a supersonic flyer, but you know what? A supersonic flyer wouldn't be on a battlefield that's the size of a football True. field. Doing like 90 degree turns. Right. It's physically impossible. Um, and everyone else is just kind of talking to each other in chat. So guys, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode number 544 of Signals from the Frontline. Please be sure to join us tonight at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Drukari versus Chaos. And then Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, it will be the Salty Banana himself mm. further refining his Grey Knights versus yep. a, uh, a troop heavy space wolf army, which I think will perform very well. And again, remember to mark your calendar. Las Vegas Open registration for 2018 will be coming up later in July. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.